first of all, at 11 o'clock in about five minutes, I will stop for a one-minute silence. Um, that's to remember all the people in all the wars. Is it two? Oh, thank you. I'll stop for a two-minute silence. Um, that's to remember all the people who fought in wars um, to make sure that this country has kept its freedom and also to maintain peace around the world. Um, and in our lifetime, there's, there seems to be wars popping up all over the place, and often our soldiers, airmen and sailors get involved in that. So we'll stop for a two-minute silence to remember the people that have been died, the people that died, the people that have been emotionally hurt and physically hurt, and also to pray for them. OK, right, so today's talk is what is God's word like? So I'll just start off with a quick prayer. Lord Jesus, thanks for what you achieved on that cross. Thanks for achieving our salvation. And Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing Jesus to us, Lord. And Jesus, thanks for revealing the Father to us, Lord. Please help me talk. Please help us hear what you're saying, Lord. Please use me to communicate what you're saying, Lord, and it not just be Jonathan's words. Amen. All right, let's bring this down a little bit. Okay. Um... First of all, as you probably already know, Jesus is God's word. Um, So why is that important? Right, as a loving Heavenly Father, a dad likes to communicate with his children, whether they're babies or grown-up, mature, immature, whatever it is, the dad loves to communicate with the children. John 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the light was the light of men. Then later says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the loving Heavenly Father sent his one and only Son, who is the Word of God. Um, The same Son who spoke the universe into existence in six days... This God came down as a human being to show us what God is like. You know that already as Christians. Um, but I just want to try and communicate today that how amazing God's word is. Um, and one of the distinctive that we used to have of new frontiers, which has now become the various spheres, including relational mission, is that there were 100% Holy Spirit filled and inspired, but also 100% God's word, as in the Bible, Jesus, God's word, and what does the Bible say? Read it, do it, get on with it. Right, so Hebrews, it then, come on computer, says, Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. That's the Old Testament. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Um, So, Jesus is the fullest revelation we can possibly have of what God the Father is like. This, sometimes he seems very distant, we're here on earth, and God, God is basically invisible. But God wants to reveal himself. He doesn't want to be invisible to us. He wants to be intimately involved in our lives. And he wants us to know him, enjoy life with him. And there's so much in the Bible, in God's word, about what he's like. Deuteronomy 32, it says... This is Moses talking to the Israelites. It is no empty word for you, the words that Moses was giving them, 
But God's word is your very life. So it's vital for us to know what God's word is like. Um, I know I've told this quite a few times, but I became a Christian on a bus. Literally, I was an atheist when I got on the bus. When I got off the bus, I became a Christian, committed to Jesus, just like that, near Gravesend, um, near where Comedies Church is. Literally, I didn't believe in God because I hadn't experienced him. The invisible God, was he really there? And I had this amazing experience of Jesus. I've told you several times about this, and I'll keep on coming back to that because that's the most pivotal event of my whole life, and it's totally changed my life around. But in those few minutes, while I was on the bus, I could feel Jesus. He didn't tell me anything, he didn't speak, but in that time, it was like I was having God's Word downloaded into my heart and into my head so that later on, when I picked up my Bible, I know this already. I'd never been taught this. I hardly knew anything about Jesus or God or anything, except perhaps, you know, he died on the cross and a few little bits. But he revealed to me what is in his word, the Bible. So what I'm trying to encourage you today is to read your Bible, but don't, it's not just a book you read. It's not, reading the Bible day in, day out can get so mechanical. Oh, it can get so, so samey, and I'm coming up to 11 o'clock. But I would want to try and encourage you today to read your Bible and ask for the Holy Spirit's help, the 100% Spirit, 100% Word, ask for his help to reveal Jesus when you read your Bible. Okay, so we'll have a two-minute silence now. So, um, yeah, just what I'm trying to achieve today is to encourage you to read your Bibles, not just to read a book, but to find God in, in those words, to find the Father, find his love, and... Ask the Holy Spirit to help you so he will reveal Jesus to you. And when you find Jesus, you're finding the Father. You're finding out what God is like. Right. Um, I'll give you an example. When, as you read God's word, often it comes back to you later. God reminds you of things. Um, Funny example, I was once in a signal box all on my own. You had a 10-hour shift. You couldn't leave the signal box. You were there. If you left the signal box, the train stopped running. And I was having a real bad day. I don't, I don't know why. I was having a real downer for whatever reason. So I was doing the right things. Um, between trains, I was able to read my Bible and pray. And lo and behold, nothing happened. I didn't feel any better. I still felt down and sort of stuck in my own like, little cloud over my head. And then I don't know how long it was before something happened, but I kept on praying and committed it to God. All of a sudden... I didn't hear an audible voice, but I heard God say, He is risen. God had revealed his word to me, and that got me off my little train of thought and my little problems and myself, got my thoughts off myself and up onto Jesus and up there where they should be. So I I want to try and help you to seek God's word and find God's word, and part of that is reading your Bible. Okay. Also, for example, years um, before... When Teresa and I were getting together and getting engaged, and it was obvious that God wanted us to be together, he gave us Isaiah 61. And in Isaiah 61, it talks about God's spirit being upon us um, and basically him giving us a mission um, in a church and mission to people, and that's what all Isaiah 61 is about. And we haven't seen anywhere near the fullness of what Isaiah 61 is talking about yet. But part of coming here to Hope Church has been like, oh, that's exactly what Isaiah 61 says, to bring good news to the broken-hearted, to bind up the broken-hearted, and to bring God's word. Okay, so your loving Heavenly Father wants to commune with you. Um, so, 
the key, one of the real key things which I so often forget is I'll pick up my Bible and start reading it. I forget to pray. So pray. It's, I know it's so obvious, but I, I, if I forget it, you, you might be able to. Um, and also ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. That the man of God, or woman of God, may be complete, equipped for every good word. It says all scripture is breathed out by God. One of the Holy Spirit's names is God, is the breath of God, Ruach in Hebrew, I think it is. So all scripture is breathed out by God. It's not a dry word. It's not a dry book. Even though they've printed nine billion Bibles over the years, it's not just a dry book. This is full of God. This is full of the Holy Spirit. Um, but you need his help to understand it and get the most out of it. Okay. Right. And one of the main roles of the Holy Spirit, John 16, when the Spirit of truth comes, this is Jesus predicting the Holy Spirit's coming at Pentecost, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, Jesus, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So one of the Holy Spirit's main roles is to reveal Jesus to you. And Jesus, one of Jesus' main roles is to reveal the Father to you. So, get stuck in. Right, so there's other things that um, God's word will do to you as you work your way through it. He will cleanse you. Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. So obviously that is talking about to husbands, but we don't all have husbands. Um, we're not all female to have a husband to come and wash us with the word. So, but Jesus is your bride. Jesus is your husband. If you're, uh, Jesus is... Ah, I'm losing the plot here. You know what I mean. Jesus wants to clean you with his word. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Also, God's word brings change before I was a Christian I was when I, I became a Christian when I was 17 several months before I don't know why but I'd heard that if you read the book of Revelation it will give you a blessing I didn't believe in God but I still read the book of Revelation because I thought I'd be blessed by it so I read the Re- book of Revelation in my bed one evening it scared me rigid there's all these weird stuff you've you know what Revelation's like what on earth is this book about but some bits are quite clear in Revelation about God's judgement um, and be, people being chucked into hell, it's like, this is scary stuff. I didn't believe in God, but it still scared me rigid, and I didn't sleep very well that night. So the, God used my, my wackiness to bring change, and I think that was involved in that moment when I got on the bus and then experienced him for the first time. Also, God wants to protect you. Jesus said that wise man builds his house upon the rock of Jesus' word. So... Build your life on his word and he'll protect you. If you don't, you're leaving yourself at a massive risk. Also, it builds you up. Acts 20, now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace which can build you up. So, just for a minute, can you think of a time where you've read your Bible and it's like the words have been going off the page at you or it's come back to you later on? I suspect we can all think of some instance where that's happened. Um, and I've been a Christian 33 years, and 
read the Bible over so many years, it's so easy for that to get dry. So I'm just trying to encourage you, and this is very much a sermon to myself, don't get stuck in a rut. Try and keep it fresh, keep including the Holy Spirit so that God can keep on speaking to me because I want to keep in contact with him because I want to know what he wants me to do. And God's word sets you free. John 8, if you hold to my teaching, Jesus, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I've been to various countries over the years. I went to Egypt once with trees on our honeymoon and some of the people we met over there think so weird and they think in such ways that keep them in poverty. So it's important to let God's word change the way you think so you think like Jesus and that will give you a better life um, which is a bit like the CAPS life skills that will help people think more like Jesus and let's get stuck in the ways of thinking and the habits which keep them in poverty so can you trust that the Bible we have is this actually God's word or is it just a collection of books written down a couple of thousand years ago Right, so I, originally I was going to do a great big long sermon about can you trust the Bible? And I think most of the people know you can. But I just briefly want to say that because God is such a good, loving, faithful dad, isn't he going to want you to know in black and white about the really important things in life? Like how you can be saved from your sin, how to commune with God, what God is like, how to be intimate with him, how wonderful he is, and where are we going to go when we die? and how to live a good life, all the important questions of life and death, God wants you to know in black and white what they are. So that's why we know we can trust the Bible, because a loving Heavenly Father is going to give us a good book. So in black and white, you know exactly. So any Christian from any denomination, from any country, will know exactly what God is about and these important facts. And again, the Holy Spirit was rampantly involved in in writing the Bible. Jesus in John 14, before he went to the cross, said, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. He said that to the apostles who then wrote down the Bible. And I did have quite a bit here about can we trust the Bible, but I'll take it that you accept that and know that. Um, And also, we know that God hasn't left any bits of the Bible out. Okay. So, Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's very important to think like Jesus. The, and you hear old people say, oh, in my day things were better. In my day things used to be a lot better, you know. This used to be efficient, this didn't used to be wasteful. But I'm sure in my life, when I was younger, there was a whole lot of things that were better because... We've had generations now where this country hasn't been thinking like Jesus, hasn't been turning to Jesus, where people have been turning away from Jesus. And I see it at work, I see it all around us in the way people act. And the, the fundamental truths you take hold of and put into your life will change the way you think and then change the way you act. It's like Jesus warned about the yeast of the Pharisees. He was talking about the way the Pharisees thought. They thought cranky. They had the word of God, but they didn't know God and they didn't interpret their scriptures correctly to then think like Jesus. So when Jesus came along, they didn't recognise him. So in your life, Jesus is coming along into your life 
He wants you to recognise him when he speaks to you. So read your Bible with the Holy Spirit's help and that will help you recognise what God's will is in a general sense, like, you know, build church, build disciples, but there's specific things as well. God wants you to be in tune with him, in touch with him, with your loving Heavenly Father, to know the specific things he wants you to do as well. For example, um, God never told me to go and work on the railway. And as usual, I always include some railway examples in my talks, <laughs> and Rob's laughing. But God has really blessed me through that career. Um, so, but he did say to me, every place you go, every place I set my foot, I will give you, which is the promise in Joshua. So I know wherever I work, as long as I do it for Jesus, he will be there with me and be working things out for his good. Right, and one, one last thing, because I've got, I could go on all day, as you know. Um, set your hearts and your minds to do God's will. It says in John, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether this teaching, whether this teaching is from God. And when you set your hearts to do God's will, when you read your Bible, it's like, this is God speaking to me. When you apply it, um, you'll know God is speaking to you. So I'd encourage you, set your hearts to know what God wants you to do. And don't just read your Bible on your own. For example, Lizzie does a Bible... Oh, Lizzie's gone. Right. Lizzie does a Bible study group. I'd encourage you to get involved in things like that. Work out what the Bible says in the context of your church community. Here on Sunday, listen to the podcast that Gordon's preached. Um, Read it yourself. Read it with your family. If you ever go to the Watsons and have dinner there, they often pick up the Bible afterwards and they all have a discussion. What? Let's read a bit of the Bible and what does it say? So read it, whatever, find the ways that it speaks to you, like whether that's reading it aloud, writing it down, discussing it, do studies on various words in the Bible. Get stuck into your Bible, not in a dry way, but in a, a Holy Spirit-inspired way. So, has... I hope I've been coherent there, because it's so easy to get off the track. Has anyone got any questions, first of all, before I wrap up? No? Cool. Right, OK, so... Just, just to recap, ask the Holy Spirit to help you read your Bible. Ask your Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to you through it. Um, I'm just going to quickly pray that the Holy Spirit comes and talks to us and enables us to do that. And then we can have a little discussion on our tables. Um, is God saying anything to you? Or has he been pressing anything upon your heart? So, dear Holy Spirit, thanks for living in us, being intimate with us, speaking to us and revealing Jesus to us. Please come now and reveal to us, your servants, what your specific will is, what the things are we need to be doing, and what you're saying to us at the moment, Lord.